The following is a sermon from Pastor David Salinas of Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Hit it, maestro. So, is this that kind of thing? Are we gathered here at Sure Foundation Lutheran Church for graduation Sunday? Well, we have four young people here with robes. They're just missing the caps. And in reality, this is the truth. Every single one of us is actually robed in a dazzling, amazing robe, and we are capped with a wonderful, wonderful crown, the crown of a prince or princess of the Most High God. Thanks be to Jesus Christ our Lord. Is this graduation Sunday for a sure foundation Lutheran church? Guys, can you let me give you and all of, and all of you you who are confirmed and continuing to be confirmed members of our church, family and friends, and you, my about-to-be-confirmed young brothers and sisters in Christ, let me give you this encouragement. I want us all right now to gather in this big, huge quad. Can you, can you picture it? You're out in the field, and maybe we're not like in, seated in these like folding plastic chairs, but maybe we're seated on some rocks. And we are with the ancient people of Israel, and we are about to listen to an address from, let's call him the chancellor. Let's call him the head of the University of Ancient Israel, Joshua. And I want you all, and especially you, by the power of your baptism, by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in you, I want you to promise me something right now. Can you do that for me? Can you, can you guys look up? Can you promise me something? Can you promise me that the sermon that you are about to hear, not, not from this man, but from the chancellor, from Joshua, is a sermon that you will never, ever forget. Can you promise me that what you are about to hear is not going to be like so many forgettable commencement speeches across our nation, but that these are words that will be framed and enshrined in the wall of your hearts and that you will walk by them often and hold them dearly. Can you promise me that right now? Can you promise me that right now? Because... Joshua is about to show us once and for all, really, what kind of Sunday this is. Open up your worship folders and listen to the Chancellor of Israel speak. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, and judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, imagine them all gathered there in those seats. 
Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day which idol you do want to serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Pick your idol. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who live in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. And great is our God. Hit it, maestro. So, is this assembly gathered in ancient Israel and the address that Joshua just gave, that kind of thing. Are we gathered before Joshua and as a people here to celebrate in ancient Israel a commencement service, a graduation Sunday or Saturday of sorts? Well, in a real way, the people of Israel were experiencing a new epoch. A, a end to a wonderful stage in life and the beginning, well, that's a wonderful in their case, a beginning to a, a more positive, a more optimistic future for them. And, and fairly recently, you know what, guys, you know what the, what the Lord had done fairly recently? He, he was like this extravagant dad that took these dangling keys and said, son, because you have done so well in school, this is your graduation gift and deposited the keys of a brand new car into their hands. God had fairly recently deposited into the hands of the people of Israel nothing less than the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land of Canaan. And so just imagine it, not just after like four nights of all-nighters, but after 40 years of wandering in the desert, finally they made it. They've reached this milestone, and they've crossed over, and crossed over Jericho with that miraculous falling of the walls, and there they are in the promised land, and the few... To borrow a, a cliché, a cheesy cliché from a thousand commencement speeches that are spoken across our nation, the future for Israel was now. Is this a graduation ceremony? Not even close. Where did Joshua gather the people? of Israel. Look at that first verse. Where does, where does Joshua gather the people of Israel? A place called Shechem. Does anybody here, do you guys know what Shechem is? Anything about the town of Shechem? Shechem was a place where no person 
who belong to the Most High God ever graduated from God's Word. Not that there is such a place, but Shechem was historically in the land of Israel, the one place where the people of God gathered specifically to publicly declare their commitment to God's Word to never graduate from Jesus or from His Word. It was at Shechem, for example, that Father Abram, he built an altar and there proclaimed publicly the promises of God. It was at Shechem where Jacob took his wife Rachel's idols and buried them as his commitment to say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It was at Shechem that Joshua had previously gathered the nation of Israel for a spiritual pep rally and divided them in half. And it was almost like, we've got the spirit. Yes, we do. We've got the spirit. How about you? And there they were back and forth proclaiming to each other the blessings that come with obeying God's word and the curses that come for their disobedience to God's word. So this was the one place where they gathered for an anti-graduation ceremony. Now, why do you suppose, why do you suppose Joshua gathered the people for that? This was Joshua, Joshua's farewell sermon. This was, these were the last words that he was going to speak publicly before the people, and he chose as the theme of his sermon, basically, never graduate from the word of God. Why do you suppose that was the theme of his sermon? Well, clearly, the encouragement to stay true and faithful to the Word of God is an encouragement we all need at all times. But I think that Joshua here, he caught a whiff of something. It was this, call it kind of a smelly attitude, and this was what it was. Listen up. Jesus loves me, this I know, and this is as deep as I care to go. I want you to pay attention. The people of Israel were actually in the land about 10 or 20 years. And that was on the heels of wandering in the desert for 40 years. Now you think 50 plus years is plenty of time to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus, to mature in the faith. Is that not a fair thing to say? That that is plenty of time to grow in their, in their knowledge of God's word and in their faithfulness to God's word. But look at verse 14 again. What interesting thing does Joshua call the people to throw away? What does he tell them to throw away? Throw away what? Gods. Throw away idols. So my question to you is, what, what is Ra, the sun god of Egypt, or Isis, the goddess of magic, still doing perched atop the mantles of the people of God? Does that not strangely walk and quack like a duck of a people who have grown just a little bit too comfortable with their faith and have taken for granted their love for God, for God and his word? Because we know what love for God is, right? Love for God, says the Apostle John, equals obedience to his commandments and my dear confirmands, what is the first commandment? You shall have no other gods. When the people gathered here that day, I want you to pay very special attention to something. They made a promise. 
And this was a promise that was heartfelt. I mean, they made it with all of their hearts because they had the Holy Spirit. They were empowered. They gathered together, and with sincerity they said, far be it from us to forsake the Lord. Far be it from us to have other gods. The Lord is our God, and we will serve Him. And they meant it, and they had every intention of keeping that vow. But this is something that I, we all need to pay very special attention to. Joshua had not been in the grave more than a generation before they went back on that promise. Confirmants, do you remember what book comes after Joshua? Joshua Judges. Do you remember what the book of Judges is about? It's about the stunning grace of God, but this is the book where we find out that the people of God decided to be their own Bible. This was the book where you hear the, re the recurring phrase. It's a sad phrase. The people did as they saw fit. Everyone did as they saw fit. And so the truth is this, that a vow given once is not necessarily a vow that is held once and for all. Once saved, not necessarily always saved. Do you see now why Joshua is expending his last breaths calling for the people to use the power that the Holy Spirit has given to them, the power of the Holy Spirit that is burning in them to stay true to the Word of God? Can you see that with me? Do you know what this place is? Do you know what this place is? 6420 Roosevelt Avenue, gathered beneath the seven train. This is our Shechem. This is the place where the people of God gather specifically to never turn their back on the Lord, but to continue growing in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the one place on earth among, if there is any, where the people of God gather to, to have their Holy Spirit hearts and spirits fanned into an ardent flame that will never die. Confirmed brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus, you who have been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, my dear about to be confirmed, and I'm so excited to be able to celebrate the Lord's sacrament with you here in a few moments. My dear people, will you do that? Will you commit this day to being faithful and true to the word that you swear loyalty to, to the word that has called you and gathered and enlightened you with the truth of your salvation? Will you promise to never turn your back on your Savior or this church, but to use everything that God has given you to serve this people and to support this ministry and this word and suffer everything even if it means losing your life 
for the sake of holding on to Christ, will you consider everything rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus your Lord, for whose sake you have already lost all things, but gained everything? Will you do that? Ah, I can see it. I can feel it. I can hear it. The Holy Spirit fan flame inside of your heart welling up this cry, Pastor, Pastor, we will forsake all gods. Far be it from us to ever turn our back on Jesus. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord faithfully. But wait, beware. There is still the idols that we were born with propped up on the mantle of our heart. Do you, do you see them? One is the idol of materialism. The idol of fill your spiritual need for happiness with a material thing like work, like fun, like your iPhone. Because what could be more important than what's on God? Do you see the idol that's still propped up inside of you? The idol called me. And I am far too busy, and I have far too many problems, and far too many worries, and far too many things on my plate to wake up a little bit extra early in the morning for an unhurried 15 or 20 minute devotion to spend with my Jesus. Do you hear that in you? I do. I fight and I war with that all the time. And so it is true that the confession and the vow once given for us is not necessarily a, give, a, a vow given once and for all. So what are we to do? How, how am I to ensure to do the best that God has given me that, that the four people that are here this morning are going to be coming back and are going to be growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus? How will we all do the best so that not one person that is here this morning will, will leave and and not come back for reasons that are not good and godly. What will we do? What can we do? Well, the only thing we can, what God himself has given us to do. You see, you see, there is an idol in our hearts, but there is no idol in God. And you mean everything to him, and his commitment to you is undying, and it is faithful. And by the power of his Holy Spirit that he has implanted in you, Use that beautiful energy to do exactly what the people of Israel did on that day. Don't you notice what they did? That as they were gathered there, they made this amazing commitment from a power that was not inside of them, not, not coming from inside of them, it was coming from the outside, but working inside of them, the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit. They made the commitment to never graduate because here they are, and they sat at the feet of their Savior, and they heard over and over again, once again, the stunning, magnificent grace of God. No, we were, the Lord himself brought us up out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He brought us up kicking and screaming. And the Lord himself protected us all our way through. Even though, even though we turned our back on him repeatedly, even though we worshiped other gods, he never gave up on us and he kept us. And it was that mercy, it was that grace that sustained and empowered their faithfulness. Dear confirmed people of God, dear about to be confirmed 
brothers and sisters, use the power that is in you to sit at the feet of your dear Savior and hear once again the stunning grace he has for you. Even though it is in our hearts to choose other gods, God made an impossible choice. He chose you and me before the creation of the world to stand dazzling before his sight, holy and blameless, covered in the robe of his own son's righteousness. And so the virgin did conceive and gave birth to a son. And this son grew up and he, he'd never had any idols. The only thing that was in his heart was love for his father and love for you and love for me. And then with, with that almighty love, he let those human arms of him be outstretched on a cross and pinned to the cross. And by those outstretched arms, he rolled up his sleeves and delivered us safely from the land of the slavery of the guilt of our sin and the hell it deserves. And because he did, because he has made us holy and blameless in his sight by his blood, he lives. And he has ruled over every tick of the clock and over every circumstance of history to ensure that we were washed in his Holy Spirit when the waters of baptism ran down our head. And he ensured that history worked out in just such a way that every single person is here is gathered on just this Sunday for just this occasion to grow and to be confirmed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I guess there's only one thing left for me to say. Congratulations. Congratulations for never graduating from UJC, the University of Jesus Christ. May that wonderful never graduation always take place. May we continue by the power of the Holy Spirit to gather here and to grow in his word and to see how faithful he, our God is to us and to return that faithfulness with great faithfulness of our own. And may we walk out of this church never forgetting the sermon that Joshua preached, but framing and enshrining in our hearts. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord.